Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Morning. How nice, how self-congratulatory, really got to do something about that jingle. Hello, happy Monday to you. Gosh, it's good to be here. I can see uh, that Mick Wright is ready and standing by. And I said his name right. Uh, we were bedding in last week, bedding in. Uh, but we're getting there now. Uh, what a weekend. Uh, what a vote. Uh, you know, the uh, the world of music, of course, uh, taken by storm uh, over the weekend uh, as people voted in their droves um, and voted for Horny with a Chick. Uh, I'm not talking about Eurovision. I am, of course, talking about uh, the uh, podcast with David, uh, your cousin Davey on Friday, uh, where he played some demo tapes and you voted. I mean, statistically, it's very unlikely you did. Uh, you, you probably didn't, but some people voted. You might be one of those people um, for the best one for us to kind of produce up and make good. And you voted... For Horny with a Chick. Ah, uh, slightly frightening, definitely psychotic tune. Uh, I'm not entirely comfortable with, so I'm overriding it. Uh, there you go. Like uh, like Belarusian airspace. It belongs to me now. And uh, it's not um, it's not going to be Horny with a Chick because it genuinely distresses and disturbs me listening to that. And other people too, I think. I'm going for suddenly. I promised you a kind of um, Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block kind of remix of it. That suddenly, uh, with definitely a rap middle eight, and that's what I want to do. I listened to it the weekend. And I was like, I want to do that. I'm sorry, sorry to make the poll meaningless, but uh, thanks to Davy for unearthing those, and also for sorting out the poll, which I didn't get round to doing because I was doing stuff. Did you watch the Eurovision though? Um, very much another one of those uh, years where it's like, no, mum, I want to paint my bedroom black and it's going to be awesome and you don't understand. Um, you're in the Eurovision Song Contest. You can't possibly be cool. Uh, just embrace it. But uh, that's fine. They can do that. I remember 25 years ago, I, I worked at, uh, in BBC Radio and Radio 1 got given their own building. And it was so that. It was, I'm going to paint my bedroom black and it's going to be awesome. 
all these hot young things strutting about like they were important. I'll tell you a quick story because I, I feel bad. Uh, Mick is waiting, but um, quick story. I um, I did some stuff at Radio 1. I wrote some sketches for like Chris Moyles and people like that uh, and Zoe Ball and stuff. And uh, I did it with a guy who made all the promos, the trailers. Um, a brilliant, brilliant man called uh, Grant Buckerfield who ended up doing the music for I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and now just spends his life roller skating because that's all you really need to do with your life uh, is write that one tune. <laughs> I've written literally thousands of tunes and I make pennies a year. Anyway, point being um we had a meeting with the breakfast show uh producer and uh grant wasn't really feeling his job you know he's just like i'm doing remixes of Fatboy slim i don't you know i'm bored of this job anyway he said let's make up a word make up a word to do in the meeting uh to say in the meeting and i said okay image tunnels and uh and we sat down and had breakfast uh with the guy and he's saying yeah we really need to punch up the show guys really need some new stuff some new jingles and stuff and um and grant and i'd forgotten all about it by then and grant said uh okay so you want some more some more jingles yeah he was like, yeah yeah we yeah we really need something okay cool and uh do you need some beds do you need some new yeah yeah we need yeah definitely need new beds yeah definitely okay cool what about um image tunnels um, I don't know if you've ever felt orange juice coming out of your nose. But it's, it's quite acidic. Um, but the guy, not a beat, just went, oh, God, yeah, but just as many as you can. Please, please, we need some image tunnels. What a lot of bullpucky that was. Anyway, uh, I'm delighted uh, to bring back uh, the one and only uh, <laughs> Mr. Mick Wright, who's right here. Hello. Hi. Not Hello. only that, you're almost fully in frame this time, which is a really good feeling. Um, Hello almost to everybody. Almost fully on in frame. Almost fully in frame. I think you're in frame. I think it's fine. Well, I seem to be in frame in, in the picture I have. That's a classic. That's It's leaving me okay. It's leaving me okay. I'll send you some tone. Um, it's fine. It's good. I fully blame you. Have you had a, a joyful, restful weekend? Uh... I guess so, yeah. Um, you work seven uh, days a week, is that right? I, I do, I do. I, well, I write, and I guess if you say carving out a newsletter every morning is work, then yes. Yeah. But, uh, no, I went for a, we had a, we had a roast, went to, went to a pub for a roast yesterday, watched Eurovision the night before. There good. you go. That's, that's, I was, I was supporting the Russian entry. Uh, oh yeah. Because she, yeah, she's kind a, of amazing, a, isn't she? From a sort of a door in a massive dress. It was yeah. excellent. I wondered, I thought they were going to do a Russian doll thing. I thought she was then going to open her own chest and another, like a girl would come out. A small And then a fetus. Yeah, yeah, and then just some sperm. And an I ovum. feel like that's a bit too Cronenberg-esque for, <laughs> for Eurovision. Look who won! Come universe. off it! Look who won! Um, yes, well. Are you, are you a, a, a sort of, do you embrace the Eurovision? It sounds like Yes, we got dressed up for Eurovision. I put a suit on. It was Amazing. fully, fully, we had a banquet, all sorts. Yeah. yeah. I, I do silently judge people who don't like Eurovision because I think it's, it's just great. Brilliant. It's just good fun. Yeah. And I kind of I, I love that Graham Norton cries every time because I cry every time. And it was nice Sweet. to see a crowd, wasn't it? Like after all this time. Yes. Nice no, to see it was. A crowd. It was. I mean, God it was, and the production was amazing as well. It was actually a very well produced show. I was timing it out. Uh, and so, you know, they've got 26 acts they've got to get on. And you imagine how many bays they must have. Like there was a guy with a life size replica of the moon above him. It was life size. And um, 
I timed it because obviously they play the little postcard thing between the acts to give them time to clear the stage and reset it. Do you know how long it was from when they cut away from the stage to when they cut back? 54 seconds. Yeah, that's incredible. That's insane. Anyway. There you go. Um, We've got a fun, a fun new sort of kind of game show, kind of throwback, fun, nostalgia TV uh, format show thing that's definitely going to sound over rehearse um, to do <laughs> based on something you wrote uh, on your brilliant. Uh, what, what, what is it? A bl- a bl- oh, no, well, it's it, a newsletter. It's, it's, a just, newsletter. it's just that the newsletter is available online afterwards. There uh, you go. But yes, it goes out as an email first. OK, there you go. That. Based on that, that, uh, which is, uh, well, I tell you what, we'll start, because loosely this is all about kind of BBC bashing, right? Yes, indeed. Um, Yes. It's about, so, just look, I looked at what are people who are making a big deal of attacking the BBC over the Martin Bashir, uh, admittedly... um, pretty appalling behaviour by Martin Bashir 25 years ago. What were they doing 25 years ago? That's fantastic. Shall I play the jingle and we can... Uh... Actually, no. Let's start. So we've got three people that we're going to play this game with. Or yes. three entities. Um, and so let's start with beloved Prime Minister and family friend of yours, Boris Johnson. Overstuffed bin bag, Boris Johnson. <laughs> So how what's he been saying about the BBC then? Oh, so Boris got him. So Johnson, I never call him Boris on its own. It's no very wrong thing to do. Uh, so he's disrespectful. Said, yeah, uh, speaking to uh, on a pool in a pool interview, he said, "I'm obviously concerned by the findings of Lord Dyson's report. I'm very grateful to him for what he's done. I can only imagine the feelings of the royal family, and I hope very much that the BBC will be taking every possible step to make sure nothing like this ever happens again." Yeah, never ever. Okay, well, shall we now find out? Where were they 25 years ago and what were they up to? Yes, where were they 25 years ago and what were they up to? Well, in June 1995, a recording of a 1990 uh, telephone conversation between Boris Johnson and his friend, the convicted fraudster Darius Guppy, was made public. And in it, Guppy said his activities in insurance fraud involving a fake robbery, which he was found guilty of in 1993, were being investigated by a News of the World journalist called Stuart Collier. And Guppy asked Johnson to get hold of Collier's private address and made it clear that he intended to have the journalist beaten up. Boris Johnson agreed to give him the information and his only real concern was that he might be linked back to the attack. Nice. <laughs> when the phone conversation was published, he claimed that while he said he would help Guppy, he actually didn't. And he just got a slap on the wrist from uh, the editor of the Daily Telegraph at the time where he worked and went on to continue to make up a load of lies about the European Union, including one about smaller condoms because of Italian concerns. <laughs> And there was this, the guy, who was the guy, um, the European guy who was like almost on his deathbed, but still. Yeah, Willie Willie Helen uh, was a, a European Commission former European Commission spokesman, and he uh, was still raging about the load of old bullshit. His quote um, from his hospital deathbed, uh, and he told the Guardian um, a few years ago. 
Uh, we were not interested by sizes. We had requests from medical institutions across Europe check on the safety of condoms that had nothing to do with the size of dicks. All the journalists went on about comparing the size of penises in Germany and in France. It's about safety because so many doctors are interested to know about the risks for age patients. Boris Johnson was the paramount of exaggeration, distortion and lies. He was a clown, a successful clown. But um, Johnson has that somewhat... Uh... Uh, Noel Edmonds-esque uh, approach to illness, doesn't he? Which is, he, he kind of feels that it's all about a, a PMA, positive mental attitude. Yeah. Uh, and that if, if you get ill, well, that's that's your own silly fault, isn't it? So I would have thought yes. when it comes and, to something uh, like AIDS. He just, he, he, he just lied, his, he lied his way to becoming editor of The Spectator in 1999 and then continued to lie, including about multiple affairs, till he became prime minister in 2019. The great, the biggest stage for lying. <laughs> Great guy and beloved family friend, uh, Boris Johnson there. (laughs) Let's find out uh, how The Sun reacted. It's Britain's brightest and lightest paper, read by family, friends and family friends everywhere. Uh, Your old pals, uh, how did they respond to this? Well, odious pub boy Trevor Kavanagh wrote uh, (laughs) this week, uh, well, last week, the corporation's concocted pack of lies was surely a criminal act. So where are the police? Has anyone from Scotland Yard ordered a mob-handed dawn raid on Bashir's home and the seizure of his computers and personal documents? Will Labour leader Sakir Starmer demand the arrest of former Director General Tony Hall for conspiring in fraud to save his, Bashir's and the BBC's necks? After all, that's what he did as a state prosecutor in 2012, dragging dozens of innocent Sun journalists through the criminal courts for publishing true stories that saved lives. Um, there is oxy- no such thing as an innocent. I was going to say a slightly oxymoronic that as a phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Trevor Kavanagh, by the way, uh, has been with the Sun since 1978 and was its political editor from 1983 until 2006. So there's some context for you. That sounds good. But the question is, where were they 25 years ago, and what were they up to? Yes. What was the Sun doing twenty-five years ago? Well, in the run-up to the uh, to the to the Bashir interview, it was running the headline "Dynamite," uh, and then after it, it ran the headline "Diana Hewitt was my lover," mm. uh, royal TV sensation. Um, and then the day after the Queen ordered the divorce, it went uh, with a lavish divorce special, and then followed that up. Uh, with a, <laughs> I love a divorce special. That's a, of all yeah. the sort of souvenir part works. That's yeah. the one, isn't it? And and it's and now talking about how the BBC has been very disrespectful to Prince Charles. Its headline at the time and the top right hand corner of that front page was "Bye Bye Big Ears." Oh. The sun captures the mood of the um, of of the nation. Wow, that's so. special, isn't it? I mean, I'm guessing Spitting Image was still around at the time, wasn't it? Uh, Nineteen different times. Very different times. Six. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, um, I, that all sounds fine to me. I, I feel like you're, you know, anyone, you, you're just being selective there, uh, Mick, with with your stuff. Um, I tell you what, let's let's move on. Uh, let's let's have a look at beloved Daily Telegraph stalwart and family friend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know my um, uh, my 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 uncle was on This Is Your Life once. Uh, when Derek Jameson was on This Is Your Life and that's dating it somewhat Uh, he got a walk on it's very exciting anyway sorry Um, yes Charles Moore what's he said 
He's probably pretty cool with it. Well, Charles Moore said, in its self-righteousness, the BBC cannot see that it often behaves like a liberal version of Steve Bannon with the added advantage <laughs> of a compulsory license fee. Wow. I'm trying to define what a liberal version of Steve Bannon would be. Uh, Alistair be- Campbell? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're very liberal with your definition of liberal. Well, yeah, I, he thinks he's that. Remember, he's a contributing editor to the New European, so... There you go. All right, well, but the question is, when it comes to Charles Moore... Where were they 25 years ago and what were they up to? Yes, where was Charles Moore 25 years ago and what well, was he up to? Well, 25 years ago, he was still looking like uh, Sam the Eagle from The Muppets and he'd just <laughs> become editor of The Daily Telegraph, a paper he went on to edit for eight years and to which he still clings like a tick on the arse of British public discourse. Mick, Mick, um, I'm just going to say to you right now, that quote about Sam the Eagle, 25 years from now, that's going to come back and haunt you. No, my dad's still got a full head of hair and he's, uh, he's in his 60s. <laughs> no, no, so no, I'm, it's I'm, not... <laughs> Just saying, you know, you can't slam them for bye-bye big ears. If you're coming down hard in 25 years' time... On Charles Moore, I'm pretty yeah. sure that Charles Moore's not going to do anything worthy of, uh, <laughs> of, of praise, even if he lived to a thousand. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so what was he doing? Yeah. Um, they went, even the Daily Telegraph, the, 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 back then a bastion of the establishment, went with, I had an affair, says Princess. She pledges, I shall fight to the end. I won't go quietly. Um, and they splashed on it multiple day, days, and they would have gladly taken the scoop that Bashir got if they could have get their, got their whole hands on it. Absolutely. So, yeah. There you go. Well, um, that's been uh, a thrilling and, dare I say, quite moving uh, game to play with you. Uh, Catching up with our family friends, with friend, our selection of our family beloved friends. Beloved family friends. Uh, I was going to, I get really frustrated with the kind of, the endless BBC sniping. Like, it comes back to what I was saying about the Eurovision and Radio 1. And I'm going to paint my bedroom black. And I find it so pathetic. The sort of, the people who were lifers at the BBC, your John Humphreys's, and even latterly, your Simon McCoy's, where it's like, you had a great ride for, for many decades. You took the money and you kept your mouth shut. You didn't seem yeah. to mind. And then the minute you were out the trap, you couldn't are, slate them fast and hard enough. There are so many of them. And then you've got like, you've got people like, um, there are certain sort of f- fixed BBC bashers out there. Like there are ex-producers and stuff who, who always are phrased as veteran, BBC veteran and stuff. And they've been in the Telegraph for years. Like that, who's the one I'm just trying to look up because I, I wrote about specifically one of them who was doing this recently. And he... All he ever writes is some um, things criticizing the BBC. It's like it can become a job. You leave the BBC and then you go, oh, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. I was great, but it was, well, fest- nest of vipers. Yeah. Who said that? Who had a, there was a BBC, BBC Watch column? That was Charles Moore, that was who Charles set Moore. that up Amazing. early on in his time there to, to, to point out uh, things that he found were hypocritical, which just meant things that. You know, the Telegraph thinks that the BBC just sort of didn't because Telegraph was in a position to be able to say whatever it likes because it is not regulated in the same way the BBC is. Um, right. It's self-regulated by Ipso, the most useless regulator in the world. Um, <laughs> and also you've got you've got Piers Morgan. You've got Piers Morgan out there, mm. a man who 
has has managed to turn a blind eye to many, many uh, press scandals. Happened to be at the Daily Mirror, but never, ever, ever noticed any phone hacking, even though he mentioned extensively in his diaries, The Insider, how you, one might go about doing it. I mean, I heard how to do it, but I, I just... <laughs> but I never saw or, no, or experienced yeah, anyone yeah. actually doing it. No, no, and that's that's absolutely fine. Didn't report it, didn't, you know. Um, well... Thank you so much for taking us through that. You you are truly the uh, the Eamon Andrews slash uh, oh god, what's his name? Michael Aspel, uh, depending on what generation you are. I guess I'm like yeah, I'm a Michael Aspel one. Yeah, 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 M- me too. Um, thank you very much. Where can people go and actually read your brilliantly written thing and many many others? Uh, BrokenBottleBoy.substack.com or just find me on Twitter at BrokenBottleBoy, where you will find those things there you go mick Wright. oh thank god i got it right i got it right right i got it right you got it right you're right oh, you thank god right. thank god oh god um thank you so much can we would you next week shall we i will, I will see you ne- next week for for more skirting the line of libel <laughs> let's hope we skirted the right side take care bye-bye bye On the YouTube, of course, people watching this live. It's youtube.com slash nottodaypod. Uh, Julie says, now I can only think of Boris Johnson as a clown producing a bunch of feather flowers from oversized zany trousers. Oh, God. It's not a feather. Jane says, well, I made Boris as a clown for a guy-making competition at a bonfire night gathering a couple of years ago. He had a huge spotty bow tie and massive shoes. Oh, wow, it's it's turning into a trope. I bought a cheap cloth mop for his hair. <laughs> I'd quite like to see that, Jane. Would you, would you, would you? It's uh, not today pod. No, it's not. Yeah, on Twitter, it's at not today pod. Mix on the chat on the YouTube if you want to ask him anything. Uh, here's some news for you, though. Uh, not today at swanburst.com. That's the email. If you uh, would like to uh, tell me more about how you see Boris Johnson. Uh, but not today at swanburst.com is also a PayPal address. Uh, some people, you know, Patreon, it's a bit of a commitment. You know, it's a monthly fee. I mean, it starts at just £2 a month. But I completely understand, in the somewhat precarious climate that we live in, uh, you might not necessarily want to make that kind of monthly uh, commitment. But maybe you've had a good month. Maybe you've, you know, particularly enjoyed an episode or something like that. And you want to help keep the thing going and make a one-off payment. Well, you can through PayPal. It's not today at swanburst.com. That's as in a, a, a swan swanning around that burst not today at swanburst.com uh if you you know if you want to just slip us a couple of quid to say good job good job sam uh that would that would be amazing uh everything is seized upon with pathetic gratitude in my unceasing uh, but failing bid uh, for financial solvency neil has been in touch on the email he says uh i've just done 50 push-ups how to go on the rowing machine did a spin class and worked on my glutes, all with the help of an ancient Greek half-man, half-horse. He was a leisure centaur. 
a leisure centaur. I kill me, he says. Thank you very much, Neil. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We did last week, we did hashtag when teachers break. And uh, I promised I'd tell you my story about uh, my German teacher. Um, uh, Julie told us an amazing story about, uh, it's worth going back and checking out, to be honest with you, uh, about some japery uh, manifested on her form tutor. Uh, my German teacher, Herr Henschel. His name was Herr Henschel, and he wore a maroon shirt with maroon tie and white collar. <clears throat> and you know, kids are, it's sort of like with stand-up comedians. In, in, in the time it takes you to walk from the door to the microphone or from the door to the desk, if you're a supply teacher, say, um, kids of, they, you know, and audiences, they, they know, you know, are you going to live or are you going to die? They, they just know. And uh, we, we knew. We weren't stupid. Uh, we, we sensed his weakness instantly. And <clears throat> he came in and he was, he was from Berlin and... Uh, here was we we all went in the way you know we you you usually did we just just walked into the classroom sat down you know we were probably chatting a bit and he came in and we finally ebbed and shut up <clears throat> and he said why have you come in and we were like what you you should have lined up outside we're like, we didn't know nobody nobody told us but go and line up outside so we're like Okay, buddy, this is southeast London. So we all went and lined up outside and then he let us in. <clears throat> and we all sat down. And he was like, you were not standing behind your chairs. Why were you not standing behind your chairs? Stand behind your chairs. So we were like, <sighs> all right, mate. <clears throat> so we all got up and stood behind our chairs. And then he said, guten Morgen. And he said, now you have to say guten Morgen, Herr Henschel. Right. Good morning, Herr Henschel. He said, sit, Stoik. You can sit down now. And we sat down. And we were like, this guy is dead. 
And in a way, I think that's fair because, like, come on. You can't, like, you can't expect people to know rules you've never told them. And uh, we were doing a quiz. We had a, yeah, we had a, um, you know, a test. And uh, th- these were supposedly the, like the brightest kids in the year. It was, it was kind of streaming in all but name uh, because you either got to go and do farm studies where you learned how to milk a pig, which I really wanted to do, or you did German. Uh, and I was put in the German group, which is kind of annoying. Anyway, <clears throat> they're quite smart kids, but, you know, we, we just had no respect for this guy. And uh, I remember... Uh, Pete and Dylan uh, were doing uh, sound effects. Uh, this was the sound effect. Uh, well, that was Pete was doing that while Dylan was going, ah, ah, and um, merrily sprinkling pubic hair into each other's pencil cases. Uh, they had a good time. And uh, someone openly shouted across, you know, it was just bedlam. And it's, it is, this is supposed to be examination conditions, okay? Examination conditions. And it was just bedlam. And uh, someone else was shouting, uh, Oi, Matt, what's the number, what's the answer to number three? Anyway, I, I'd had an idea for some japery, which I, I was too cowardly to do myself. So I was just kind of, just quietly saying it to uh, somebody else. And I felt this clump on my shoulder i was like what the hell was what and there was another one and i looked up and there was herr henschel towering over me in his maroon shirt maroon tie white collars and droopy mustache and he said shut up what are you doing i said you just hit me and he said silence and i said hang on a minute you just hit me and he said more silence more silence and i said you can't have more silence, Herr Henschel. It's an absolute, isn't it? And he's like, you shut this examination. I said, you just hit me, mate. You are going down. And um, unfortunately for Herr Henschel, I have mentioned this before, my mother was on the uh, board of parent governors and uh, a chat was had, you know, in that sort of, can I have a word? Sort of a way. Um at the end of the lesson, I remember he was like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, I should not have done that. But, you know, Tuesday is really hard for me. It's, it's the hardest day. I have the second years. They are really, really hard. I was like, mate, you just go back to Germany where people are nice and they behave themselves. Anyway, if you've got a story about um, a man a long way away from home having a nervous breakdown uh, that we can all laugh at. Uh, what? <laughs> sorry, a bit callous uh, there. Anyway, hashtag when teachers break. It's uh, at not today pod on Twitter, but better probably as an email. It's not today at swanburst.com or why not tell the story uh, as a voice message on WhatsApp? If you've got a pen there, darling, it's 07862 032654. That's 07862 032654. Send it as a voice message and we'll just play it out tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, uh, we have got Martin Kellner coming along with special guest. Kind of by request. Just like one and a half people on Twitter. Dora Dale. Thanks again to Mick Wright at Broken Bottle Boy. Do follow him. Go and subscribe. It is worth every penny. Genuinely, I, I am a subscriber and a fan. It's kind of the only thing I read regularly. No pressure there, Mick. 
We'll be back tomorrow at 10. Watch it on YouTube. Why not subscribe now? And then you'll get a little alert if you click on the bell thing. It's not today, Pod. Bye-bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.